Good morning. Welcome to the Cape League Roundup. Independence Day, the 4th of July, 2022. Happy Independence Day, everybody. I hope that everyone is able to get out and enjoy themselves a bit. And we had a good full day around the Cape Cod Baseball League yesterday. And let's start by taking a look at uh, what exactly happened throughout the course of the five games, which uh, four of them were kind of close, Three of them were actually very close, one a little bit less so, and one not even a little bit. And let's start with the one that was not even a little bit close. The Brewster Whitecaps hosted the Harwich Mariners, and in in an eight-inning game that was called a little bit early due to darkness, 16-5 was the final score going in favor of the Brewster Whitecaps. They utterly demolish the uh, Harwich Mariners and what is for one single team the highest scoring game of the season. It's tied for the highest scoring game of the Cape League season. Falmouth beat Wareham in an earlier game back on the 18th of June 12 to 9. So 21 runs is still the uh, largest run and 11 runs is the largest margin. Actually both against Harwich. The Mariners also lost a game to YD on that same day, June 18th, they lost 11 to nothing to the YD Red Sox. Otherwise, uh, we've been in a pitching dominated league for the most part for the course of the season, with only every so often you'll get up to a seven run performance or a nine run performance. But it's been a lot of like 3 1, 5 1, 6 4 type of games. It's been pretty close and pretty closely contested for the most part throughout the course of uh, of this particular season. But yesterday, and even the rest of the league, it wasn't uh, as lopsided as this. But this one, 16-5 for a Whitecaps team who came into this one having not a great bit of offensive uh, effort, uh, not, not effort, but not a great bit of offensive production going in their favor. Uh, Carson Demartini had a big game. He had two hits, including a home run. He scored three runs. He drove in four. Logan Bravo had three hits and drove in three runs. Grayson Tatro had three hits and drove in three runs and scored three runs. Trevor Warner from Texas A&M had two hits and drove in two runs. It was a big offensive day for the middle and lower parts of the Whitecaps lineup. The win goes to Jackson Nezu from Florida State, who throws the middle two and two-thirds with just a hit, two walks, and only one strikeout, actually. The Whitecaps starter, Joe Mancini from Boston College, had his first not great outing. He threw three and a third innings. He gave up five hits and five runs, all of which were earned. He walked one, and he struck out seven, and the loss ends up going to Cameron Mayer from Tufts, you know, a, a jumbo playing out here on Cape. And he had a rough outing, man. Two and two-thirds innings with six hits, six runs, all six of them earned. He walked one, he struck out four, and that was just plain tough. So um, the Mariners have their their worst pitching performance of the season. The Whitecaps only came up to bat for seven of the innings. 
played the top half of the eighth inning, and then then, then they called it because Brewster has no lights and effectively Harwich didn't want to have one of their pitchers throw one more inning. So, and Brewster was fine with not ha- throwing their pitchers one more inning as well. So, uh, the Whitecaps win this one, and it is decisive. Um, let's deal with the other game that was a little bit not close. Uh, this one wasn't as nearly as lopsided a blowout, but it is remarkable that the Katuit Kettleers were the team on the losing side of a 5-0 game against Falmouth, but that is what happened. The Commodores win, and uh, maybe they're starting to turn their season around as the Commodores have uh, actually started winning a little bit lately. So 5-0 with a run coming home in the first inning. Uh, Alex Mooney came home and scored on a Jace Borfren single. I it's a kind of a funny name that he has. Colby Halter hit a solo home run to lead off the bottom half of the third inning. That's how they got uh, their second run. And the other three came home in the sixth on a Jacob Walsh home run, a Drew Brutcher double that scored Peyton Stovall, and a wild pitch that scored Drew Brutcher. Brutcher, B-R-U-T-C-H-E-R. Uh, two home runs, of course, in this game for the Commodores. Katuit got seven hits across the day including two of them from Brooks Baldwin, who continues to be just fantastic. Uh, he's hitting 355 so far across the course of the season. And the guy from North Carolina, Wilmington, has a case with 27 hits across the Cape League season and 13 runs batted in and 10 stolen bases. He's got a case for the league MVP. And it's still there's still a lot of game left to be played, but he's got at least an argument to be the league MVP so far. Uh, the loss ends up going to Ty Johnson from Ball State. He didn't pitch badly. He threw five innings. He gave up two runs. Both of them earned. He walked one. He struck out two. He was fine. He didn't pitch that badly. Uh, the win goes to Philip Abner from uh, Florida. He throws the middle two innings with two strikeouts and a walk with one hit allowed. The starter for Falmouth pitched pretty all right. Josh Hartle from Wake Forest through the first four innings with four hits and four strikeouts. They didn't bring him back out for the fifth inning, so not sure exactly why they decided against bringing him back out. But that was the decision that was made. So the result of the win as far as the standings are concerned for the uh, Falmouth Commodores is that they have won their last two consecutive games. They are up to 16 points. That ties them with Wareham for the uh, last playoff spot in the West. And currently, actually, it would be Falmouth who has that last spot. So Wareham and Falmouth are probably going to be in a bit of a dogfight as we go on throughout the course of the rest of the season. Next up, we move over to games that were closer than this one. And we'll start with a tie. 2-2 is the final between Bourne and Wareham in which the runs are scored in the bottom half of the first inning and the top half of the second inning, respectively. Here's how the runs came home. Jack Housinger had an RBI single for Wareham in the first inning, and he scored on a Hogan-Windish double, and then Hogan-Windish scored on a Ryan Campos single. The next inning, Evan Slight hits a 
two-run home run that scores both himself and college teammate Chris Brito. And that is it. That is uh, how all of the runs came home and scored in this one. So that's... um, The rest of this game was pitching dominated, with the best performance being the Wareham starter, Michael Sansone from Fairfield. He throws the first five innings of this game, gives him just two hits. Uh, excuse me, two runs, four hits, seven strikeouts. He's pretty solid, all things considered. The This is his second straight year being on the Cape. He was one of the big-time performers for the Bourne Braves last year. He followed Shapiro over from Bourne to, uh, to Wareham, and he pitched pretty all right. Uh, Cade Boxrucker, the starter for the Bravos from Campbell, yeah, he was all right. Three and a third, three hits, two runs, two walks, three Ks. Uh, really their second guy that they brought up, Ryan Fisher from New Jersey Institute of Technology, gave him some life as well. Three hits over two and two thirds with two, with a walk and two strikeouts. And their last guy who came on as well, Ty Cummings from Campbell. Three innings, four hits, two strikeouts. He conducted himself rather well. So uh, very nice, nicely done by all of them. Jack Duffy had two hits, but neither of them ended up going anywhere. And again, it really was the slight home run and the offensive rally sparked by Windish that got all of the runs home and 2-2 the final. The um, uh, the Braves are now 8-8-4 and four with 20 points. They're five points back of Hyannis for second place in the West. And the uh, Gatemen currently are actually on the outside looking in of the playoff picture right now, but that's it's going to go back and forth between them and Falmouth would be my guess as we move forward. Okay, next up we go over to McKeon Park where the High Annis Harborhawks win five to two over the Yarmouth Dennis Red Sox, the second place team in the West, beating the first place team in the East, and actually the second place team in the West, Hyannis, has one more point than the first place team in the East, the Yarmouth Dennis Red Sox. It seems to me that the top of the West is better than the top of the East this year. So, Hyannis, 5-2. You really have to give Eric Batty a big chance at being coach of the year this year for just how fantastic fantastic uh this opportunity can be though actually worth noting that uh uh batty was actually ejected in this game so uh some uh stuff popped off as uh as the game went on but a great performance uh for the offense to get the win cole mcconnell with two hits in this game he drove in a run the uh shortstop Dominic Patelli from Miami also had two hits and drove in a run in this one. Nolan Shanuel scored three runs. He only got one hit, but he walked three times. He drove in a run. He scored three runs. He reached base regularly. Um, The starter for them, Brody McCullough from Wingate, pitched very well. Five innings, a hit, no runs, one walk, and nine strikeouts. But the middle relief gave up a couple runs and uh, the way the scoring broke down, there were no runs until the bottom half of the fourth inning when a couple of uh, manufactured runs came home. Nolan, or excuse me, Ace's manufactured run came home and scored. Nolan Shanuel did the honors in that inning. In the sixth, they made it, uh, well, first off, YD got one run back in the top half of the sixth inning. 
Chase Meredith had a double to bring home Hunter Haas. Pretty good day for Meredith. He only went one for four, but he drove in a run. He, uh, from San Diego, played at second base in this game. Haas, the shortstop, who scored two runs. Actually, he scored both of the runs that YD got across from Arizona State. Uh, Hyannis got one run back in the bottom half of the inning on a Nolan Shanuel home run, which is uh, very nicely done. YD tied the game up in the top half of the eighth inning. Cole Carrick had an RBI single to score Hunter Haas, but then the bottom half of the eighth inning uh, went very, very, very poorly for the YD Red Sox. Three runs came home and scored. Justin Janis scored on a throwing error on an error by the catcher. Cole McConnell then came up and uh, hit a run home and also got aided by another error. So two errors in the inning for the YD Red Sox. They give up a couple of unearned runs. They end up dropping this one. The loss ends up going to Sean Gamlin, who has his first bad outing out on Cape Cod from Rhode Island College. A couple D3 guys uh, from across uh, various points. And the starter in this one was a D2 guy uh, from Rhode Island College, the anchorman, and he has his first bad outing out here on Cape. He doesn't get anybody out. He gives up two runs. Both of his runs were earned. He walked one. He didn't give up a hit either. He just couldn't find the strike zone. He hit a guy with a pitch, He walked, and he walked a guy. And both those guys that he allowed to reach base, both of them eventually came around and scored. So that's tough, man. The win ends up going to the last pitcher who saw action for Hyannis Ty Langenberg from Iowa. He throws the final two innings with four hits given up, one run earned. He strikes out the final four guys. And um, good effort, good win by Hyannis. It's really remarkable the amount of work that they have done to become not just not a bad team, but in the standings anyway, the second best team in the league behind Katuit, who just had who just got shut out. So a fabulous performance. And we move over to the final game of the evening, a one-nothing victory for the Orleans Firebirds, pitching Gem against the Chatham Anglers, who sad to say, Chatham is bringing up the rear, last place in the whole league. Uh, three hits for the A's on the day one each for their designated hitter cooper ingle their right fielder matt hogan and their catcher hayden travinsky otherwise this uh this was kind of tough the lone run that came home and uh for either side was scored in the second inning it was a infield single by cam jones that scored logan beard and the rest of this game was up to the pitching staff Donye Evans from Vanderbilt threw five innings, gave up just two hits, walked two, struck out four, did a very nice job. The save in this one goes to A.J. Bluboff from Wisconsin-Milwaukee. He throws just a clean ninth inning. He still has not given up a run on Cape at all. He struck out 10 in seven and one-thirds total innings with 10 strikeouts and no walks and one hit. He has been lights out. And currently, he's your easy, easy, easy winner of the reliever relief pitcher of the year award. 
it's laughably not close how uh, how lopsided that one is. So very nicely done by the Orleans pitching staff. Uh, the one run that comes across on a single by Cam Jones, very nicely done. Had, that was his only hit of the game. He drove in the he drove in the only run of the game, so you know that works out pretty nicely. And in front of a big crowd too. I saw a lot of it's listed at three thousand three hundred and three. I saw the uh, videos that they were posting on on all the different social medias. It was impressive, just how many people they stuck onto that hill in. Um, in Orleans. It was big, big crowd of people. Okay, Independence Day might be an off day and a holiday for pretty much the rest of the country, but not for baseball people. This is, it's very, uh, there are very few things that are uh, more American than some good, high-quality baseball time. So, uh, we have two games that are beginning at 5 p.m., the Falmouth Commodores and Katuit Cataliers will be playing at Lowell Park. Katuit doesn't have a probable starter yet. Grayson Hit is the probable for Falmouth, and <clears throat> Grayson Hit is the probable for Falmouth, and the Commodores look really good so far in their last couple of games. So they just shut out Katuit the day prior. We'll see how the Cataliers bounce back after that. Next up, YD hosting the Highness Harbor Hawks at Red Wilson. Uh, YD will be starting Christopher Bow from Arizona. He's thrown five outings so far with a 1680 RA, but all his outings have been in relief, and he hadn't gone longer than four innings, which he did against Orleans. And uh, what ended up being, he gave up three runs, but not one of them were earned. So we'll see how that ends up working itself out. Hyannis doesn't have a probable listed. Uh, next up, we have a five. 31st pitch, and this is kind of unusual. Harwich has been starting their games at 5.30 kind of recently, so uh, they'll be hosting the Brewster Whitecaps. Henry Leak from Boston College is the slated starter, who will be making his third outing on the hill. One very good outing, which he had against Orleans. One not as good outing, which he had against Falmouth, so we'll see how that ends up balancing itself out. Harwich was originally supposed to throw Billy Seidel in the uh, outing yesterday from Duke. They moved that around, so Seidel is going to be going today. They have a different pitcher listed on the website for their probables, but it is going to be Seidel, so they decided to throw a bullpen day yesterday. It didn't work, and so they'll ask Seidel to give them a lot of innings here on the 4th. Next up, we have a 6 p.m. game at Duran Park. Bourne Braves hosting the Wareham Gatemen. Gatemen have no probable listed. Bourne has Bryce Cunningham from Vanderbilt going. He's made two appearances. One of them, he looked very not good. He threw three and a third against YD and gave up five runs on four hits. The other one, he looked really good. Problem is his team just didn't give him any offense. Six innings, no runs, two hits, and five strikeouts, and what ended up being a 5-1 loss to Hyannis. He definitely did his job that day. And we end with the 7 p.m. first pitch at Chatham. Patrick Riley will be the probable for Orleans, also a Vandy guy. He is making his second appearance. His first one was not very good. He threw three innings with four runs total given up, three earned runs, three hits, and four walks and Ks. Joe Miller will be the probable for Chatham from Pennsylvania. 
He has gotten losses in his last two appearances, and he didn't look that great his last time on the bump. Four runs, three hits, six strikeouts, had some bright spots, but going to have to be asked to start coming up with some bigger performances if Chatham is going to do much of anything throughout the uh, remaining course of the season. That's it for us here on this episode of the Cape League Roundup Podcast. I'm Chris Lynch. We hope you enjoyed your time with us this morning, and we hope you enjoy a very happy and healthy Independence Day, and we hope you get out and enjoy some of that Independence Day with some fabulous Cape League baseball.